Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Bron James going to have to do it on his own, perhaps. Can he do it on his own at this point? We've seen him do it before on his own. We've seen him carry injury-riddled lineups to the finals. We've seen him actually win a finals game with injury-riddled lineups. Oh, We've I wrote them down. 2007. There you go. Go ahead. Drew Gooden, Booby Gibson, Eric Snow, oh, that's Daniel cool. Marshall. That's quality. Damon Jones. Yeah. How about 2018? Jordan Clarkson, J.R. Smith, George Hill, Jeff Green, Jose Calderon, mm. Matthew Delvadova. Oh, he's done it before. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've had that year where Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving both were injured by the time you get to the finals. and then you, but, he, but he got there. Now, Kevin Love, they were missing, though, earlier in the playoffs that mm-hmm. year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, Jay, you said something earlier in the show, and this is regarding, again, LeBron with I an mean, AD situation now where he has the, the groin strain, uh, left the game, now he's dealing with that. And his availability is what you wonder now. This, this, the series is tied at two. And going back to Phoenix in a pivotal game five, and you're asking LeBron, Jay, that he's got to do it one more time, that you've got to become Superman, that you've got to do it again. The question at this point in his career at 36 years old, can he? Can he? LeBron has always seemed like he's been undefeated against Father Tom. I mean, he has morphed into superhuman multiple times. I mean, 13 50-point games. Right now without AD – against a team in CP3 who's yeah. playing injured and Devin Booker. This is one of the biggest games, I think, of LeBron James's career. Now, I, I know he's 36 years old, and people say, what else do you want from him? You're looking for a superhuman performance tonight. You're looking for him to elevate his team. And every time I see him, I mean, did you see that dunk he had off the backboard oh, from yeah. the pass from Alex Caruso? Yes. You feel when you watch it, damn, he is Superman. He is, Superman. He yeah. is yeah, that same. guy. But tonight – it can't be a pedestrian night. Pedestrian night means 25 and 13, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Tonight has to be an absurd performance for LeBron James to catapult his team with the likes of Alex Caruso, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Marcus Soule, Andre Drummond. He has to take them to levels that they haven't seen before. We they, shall see it yeah. tonight again. Tonight's the uh, game five. 10 o'clock Eastern, uh, Lakers-Suns. And for the Suns, obviously, an important game for them, too. Don't give the Lakers yeah. any life right now with question marks about Anthony Davis and his availability. Yeah, I think I think the more the pressure is on Drummond, right, because he was brought in to be that other, right? And the way that Aiden is being able to, to be so efficient in his scoring, I think this can be a game where he can just go off, right? He can have one of those dominant games like he had in game one. And LeBron can't stop that. He's not responsible to stop that. They brought in Drummond to be a defensive stopper, or a rebounder, and he hasn't lived up to expectations, right? And I think that's going to be where they miss Dwight Howard, where they miss McGee, guys who can be able to play in space coming off a of pick and roll and be able to be athletic. You know, Drummond's just not what he's been advertised to be, right? He's not the modern big. Even if you're not a modern big that can shoot the three like, you know, Lopez or Joel Embiid, you still need to be a big man that can be able to kind of play in space and be able to knock down some type of bucket. You know, he lives in a paint where LeBron's going to be, have to be super aggressive to try and get there. Well, Bart, here's the problem. Now all your pick and rolls are one-dimensional. Right. So Andre Drummond, pick and roll, he has to roll. roll He's man. never going to pop. Mm-hmm. Marcus Soule, that pick and roll, he has to pop. He's never going to roll. <laughs> right. Right. With AD, you have both. 
Which yep. way do you want it? He can make. And he was attacking. Agreed. Like he was attacking the paint. He was. I mean, he was putting up thirty a game in the in the series. So like it, it, after that thirteen point game one, he started attacking. He was coming a beast. But so he do just you go small? So do you go small and try and just run right? Because you know, you know, CP three wants to slow everything down and have the score down. So do you go small and just get out and run so LeBron can have opportunities and put as many shooters around him as you can and just try and win the transition. You know, the the transition battle. I mean, you could go small and have LeBron guard the likes of DeAndre Ayton. I mean, but now you're asking LeBron to do a lot. You're asking LeBron to bang down low. He doesn't want to do that. No, he doesn't. You you, that. you can't do that. No, no, Andre, you you mentioned it, Bart. Drummond's got to be better. Yeah, I don't know if he can, but he's got to be better because Ayton is destroying him right now in the series. Whenever he is out on the floor, it's not it's not a yeah. fair fight, and but that's Aiton's that's doing a everything major. CP three, CP three is the engine. Oh yeah, the whole offense. So that's where you need a guy like KCP. You know, I know he's going to guard Devin Booker, but you need somebody or Alex Caruso. Like, you have to meet CP3 so early. Like, as soon as he turns around and takes the ball out of the inbound pass, meet him, make him work, you have to tire him out. Let's get some calls in here. We'll get back into the NBA conversation. Ryan Ruka is going to join us in a few minutes. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Let's go to Jay in New Jersey. Go ahead, Jay. How you guys doing? Good. Good. How are you? Um, good. So, uh, Jay Will, you spurred me on to call you, uh, but first let me say I listened to your show because I couldn't stand the right wing side of the on the other side of the dial, um, and I really appreciate you know the social justice progressive take you guys have. But Jay Will, you you spurred me on to call you because you lo- you lumped me together with people who think that the athletes shouldn't be able to speak their minds in protest, because I think that Naomi Osaka needs to speak. And I think she needs to speak because, yes, because she's making a you-know-what amount of money, but here's why. The athletes are in the position to make that kind of money because the media pays for the rights to cover the sports. And they pay for the rights to cover the sports because they get the take from the athletes that they can then share, and then they feel like, there's a reason for them to pay the billions of dollars that they do to cover it on their network. That's part one. Part two is I'm a teacher, and, yes, my job is teaching the kids, right, just like Osaka's is, is playing, and your, and your job as an athlete is to do your best job for your team. But there are always other things that come along with jobs. I still have to have the conversations with the parents, about the tough conversations about why did a student get whatever grade they got. There's still conferences. There's still all sorts of things. But that's even though my job is being in the classroom to teach students, there are other things that are part of my contract that maybe I don't enjoy as much. And it doesn't matter if I make $80,000 a year as a teacher or someone makes $35 million a year as an athlete. There are things that we need to do that we, we don't always love to do. Now, if those things can be negotiated out, you know, in a contract, and I can say, well, what if I'm going through a mental health situation? Is there somebody I can speak to so that maybe I can pass along some responsibilities? That's great. But if I sign the contract, and that's part of my responsibilities, like Osaka signed the contract or the, the whatever to play at the French Open, well, then... You know, you're going in knowing it. In addition to the fact that if you're at that level and as an athlete, you are going into a career knowing that you are putting yourself Jay. out there in front of the public, and that's just part of it. Jay, so a couple of things. We're going to leave your mic open because I really appreciate you calling in. 
uh, first and foremost. And let me say this, like there are a lot of things in my life that I am conservative about. And there are a lot of things in my life I'm very liberal about just to give you an insight to who I am as a person. OK, uh, number one, I have no problem with the French Open making that remark. No problem. You decide not to speak. That doesn't work out. We're not on the same page. OK, like there will be a fine. I, I own businesses. Bart and I both do. We talk like there are certain things that I will want my employees to do. OK, fine. Mm-hmm. All I said, Jay, was that for them to gang up all the Grand Slams together to make a statement, to try to intimidate instead of meeting at the table and saying, hey, you feel this way. Here's our stance. How do we find middle ground? With this, because she did do the on-court interview, which I give her credit for. So look, but and like, that's for the broadcast, and that's for the broadcast, and the broadcast the is what they pay the rights for. Right. They don't pay the rights for hey, let me get content from your mouth and then that's use that. The, they the pay papers. for the rights to broadcast the actual match. So are, are we on the same page there? Because I didn't lump you into that category at all, my man. No, you lumped. You said the same people who don't want the players to protest are the same people who think because they make a lot of money that they need to get up and speak. You were basically saying we are, the people who think that. the same things are lumping players into animals. They should just do what they're told no, to no, do. No, no, no. I think you're conflating what we were talking about as it relates to the NBA and some of the things that happened. And we had a separate conversation about Naomi Osaka. There were two different conversations. I think you're, you're bunching them together. Because I never said that right, about Miyamisaka. Listen, I, I, I started calling when I heard the comparison because I've considered myself somebody who like wants to better myself when it comes to social justice and is actually the reason why I listen to your show. I called once that's to thank Keyshawn for that. I'm a Northwestern grad, and I saw you at you know the Rose Bowl, and I mentioned in that call that like I used to hate you, and then you were drafted by my Jets, and, and now I'm listening to you talk about social justice, and I want to listen to your show. Um, so I called in because I felt like I was being lumped into a group of people for thinking that the athletes need to get out there and speak and do what they're told when I think that they're two totally different issues. But if we agree that they're two totally different issues, then, you know, I'm, I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I'm always, right, I'm I always, appreciate that. I mean, oh, you know, I mean, we're in the same page. Jay. Yeah. I, I have the same a, page. I really do think that you guys both kind of are saying the same yeah, thing we just are. in different ways. Yeah. I think he just kind of put the two, two separate conversations, conversations together. together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no question about that. I'm having trouble. But, like, I'm all about having – here's my thing. Yeah. If anybody wants to call into our show and have constructive conversation, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm down for that. You'll never hear me be like, you're wrong, you're a moron. I'm always going to listen to your opinion and then tell you my opinion, and let's find middle ground. That, we need more of that, by the yeah. way. We have more in common than what we do apart. And one of the things we were talking about also was these incidents that are coming up with fans at NBA games. Jay in New Jersey wants to discuss that. Jay? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? What up, Jay? Yeah, um, I wanted to discuss the uh, the issue with the uh, the NBA and how fans. I feel like I feel like you you you, you guys see the surge with the um, fans getting on the field throwing popcorn and everything. I feel like a lot of people. I, I like I feel like it's not right. It's not right. I, I don't agree with the situation, but I feel like a lot of fans like they, they're out of work and. Because of um, you know gambling and everything, a lot of people, a lot of fans are putting money in the pot. They throw everything in the pot, like yo, because you're not gonna you, you're not gonna throw popcorn on Miles Garrett or or Bob Scott. Like Bob Scott would have ran through security with the stiff arm. Oh yeah, it would have been a night night with the stiff arm. You know what I'm saying? With the stiff arm, like it got to the fan. 
I feel like it has a lot to, a lot to do with the even with the officiating, like the you know the refs. You know, I feel like the NBA has gotten soft a little bit. I'll tell you what, Jay, and, and thanks for the call. I'm surprised that refs aren't subject to things being thrown at them, popcorn being dumped on them. Because right, if you really calls. want to be mad at anybody, that's usually who you're mad at. The opposing players, you're just mad because they won. I think what what KD said is really, to me, the best take on it. Him just basically saying, like, I get it. You know, it's been a year. We've kind of been cooped up in our houses. We haven't been able to go out and enjoy ourselves. This is your first opportunity to go out. You're getting caught up in the emotion of a loud crowd and energy and playoffs, and, you know, you're acting up. And he basically said this, but, you know, don't – he was basically, don't be that guy. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's basically what he's saying is just – don't be that guy. But I love the fact that he at least acknowledged, I understand, we've all been cooped yeah. up. Like, that part of it to me but that, is the awareness that KD showed, which is why I feel like what he said after the game the other night was so pitch perfect. But, you know, we, we live in a society now where if you go viral, it can be worth millions of dollars for you. So some of these people are trying to get their moment and hoping that they can be the next, you know, my hair don't move girl or something like that, so they can try and go out there and become a meme, and they yeah. can try and monetize or being, an a, being a fool. Right. Or an NFT. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always something that, that, obviously now, especially with social media, it's going to be bigger than it, it really is. Let's bring in Ryan Rucco, our ESPN NBA play-by-play announcer. You hear him on all the calls and a lot of the uh, the playoff games. Rooks, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I mean, you, you see this going on right now, and when you hear what KD said, do, do you kind of feel like that's probably the best way to put it, is it's I don't know if it's a epidemic issue for the league that suddenly this is a major problem. It's probably a little bit of both. It's probably, yes, some guys don't know how to act, but it's also people have been cooped up. They finally get out in, the, in, in crowds, and they get a little crazy right now. Yeah, and I think what you just said nailed it, man. I thought that Kevin Durant had probably – the the best perspective of anyone I've heard on this because he he did acknowledge sort of this unique moment in time when it comes to people's mental health and people's emotions and I think that's even why we've seen just in general even outside of um, obviously the the deplorable acts we've seen from certain fans I think that's why we've seen such incredibly palpable atmospheres at these crowds because people are just like ah I finally get to be at a game and, and they're just they're going nuts, and we've seen just some incredible atmospheres um, from basically every arena that's had you know anywhere near full capacity up to this point. So I think Durant nailed it. It's like, hey, we get it. We get that everybody's you know been pent up, and, and they're trying to release their energy, but obviously you just need to grow up. This is unacceptable behavior. And, you know, I don't know if it's that different than what's happened in the past at games. I think we're just finally, rightfully – shining a light on it for whatever reason i think you know we've been accepting in the past of behavior that crosses the line you know we've kind of assigned it to certain fan bases you know we talk about the vitriol in places like philadelphia right with their crowds and we've kind of joked about oh that's philly fans you know like that's the way they are and it's like well well no but that's not okay like there's still certain things that are not okay and i think what we're doing here is we're finally starting to shine a more focused light on what's not okay and trying to assign the appropriate repercussions to those actions so that it no longer is a part of sports. Because there are ways to root passionately and create the atmosphere we all love 
without acting like a knucklehead or breaking the law. And I think we're finally trying to find that place of where we can appropriately call it out so that those actions uh, taper away. Ryan, what's what's the NBA's response? Are they going to beef up security? Are they going to put more personnel within the crowd, um, whether undercover or in uniform, so that we can you know maybe prevent guys from running on the court? I think running on the court, I think, is something that you know is the most scary because you never yeah. know what they're running out mm-hmm. of the court for. If they're running on the court mm-hmm. to grab a player or hurt a player, or if they're you know just running, just trying to you know make a show for themselves. Yeah, that's a good question, Bart. I don't, I don't know what their exact response will be, but I just know when it comes to problem solving and doing things with expedience, uh, there's nobody who I have more faith in than the NBA because I think you know they have constantly showed us uh, their ability to be malleable and their ability to listen to their players uh, and the players' concerns. And I think they're a really collaborative league and they're a league that – uh, absolutely act swiftly. I mean, there's a reason why they sort of led us into a pandemic response in March of 2020, right? And, and I think that I think that extra security could certainly be a part of it, Bart, without me knowing the specifics, and that would make sense, especially because we know there is a copycat nature sometimes to these sort of things, and so you want to be, you know, on guard. And then I think there's also going to probably be some further discussion about, you know, what are you know, actual repercussions that will limit actions like this in the future. You know, is a ban enough or or is there something more? You know, is there something that you can do? And I don't know the legal ramifications of this, so I'm speaking with an incredible naivete, but is there something you can do that, you know, goes along with purchasing a ticket where you're sort of subscribing to, hey, if I, by purchasing this ticket, if I do any of these things, I'm already sort of subscribing to a guilty plea for this amount of jail time. You know, is there something you can do to say, like, I know once I walk in this building, if I throw anything, you know, on the floor, I'm going to spend 60 days in jail or whatever it might be. I don't know what the exact punishment would be, but but I think that without knowing what the solution is, I'm sure there's an incredible level of creativity going on right now to try and find something that will actually make people think twice. And the other thing about this, guys, and I've never understood this, like fans get, and, and Kyrie pointed this out the other day, and you guys obviously, you know, you, you know this firsthand, fans get belligerently drunk at games. And that's a huge contributing factor as well. And I don't know if there's any way to try and control that. I've never understood it because for me as a fan, even though I like having a drink or two at a game, I want to know what's going on. I want to experience the game. I want to remember it. I, I could never understand when I'd have, like, one guy in the group who would go to the game be blackout drunk and not remember the game. And I'm like, why are you even going? I I never understood it at concerts. I don't understand it at games. And I am someone who experiences drinking socially plenty enough to to get the joys of it. But I've never understood that. And I don't know if there's any way to control that, but that is a massive part of why we see people acting the way they are once they're at these games. Ryan, when I say this, I'm curious to hear what you think. In his first season back, after an Achilles injury where he misses half the year at 32 years old, Kevin Durant leads the playoff with 34.8 points per game with a career-high postseason true shooting percentage of 70%. <laughs> what do you say? That's ridiculous. You, what, I, what I think is I think I just laugh the way I laugh when I watch him. Yeah. You, you know, where I, I always say, like, the, for me, the true test of absolute greatness is someone who's so great that even though everybody knows it, you find yourself laughing and having to say it out loud. 
it's how I felt watching Mariano Rivera all all those years where he'd be like, this guy's just, it's just ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. And that's how I feel watching Kevin Durant right now. I mean, there are times, you guys saw this the other night, where it's like you can't do anything more than what the Celtics are doing defensively, and it just doesn't matter. He raises up and puts it in from 20 feet with a hand in his face on a turnaround jumper. And I think... You know, the fact that there was some curiosity as to how he would bounce back from injury probably has made us all appreciate even more deeply how unique his skills are. And watching him right now, he is an unstoppable force. There's just absolutely nothing you can do on that end of the floor to make Kevin Durant miss. You just can't. It's up to him. And we know sometimes he's going to miss, but if he misses, it's going to be because, you know, the law of averages, and that just happens sometimes. But more often than not, he's going to make, man. It's, it's incredible watching him be as good a version of himself as we've ever seen after that injury. And I also think it is a credit to, you know, his dedication, his comeback from injury. But, guys, the thing that amazes me most about him is, like, we saw the shot the other night of him pouring over the box score right on the bench with Kyrie Irving. And you know how you, you, know, you watch a guy throughout the years and you have an appreciation for him, but then if you watch him every night, there's a new level. And the thing I've appreciated watching every single one of Kevin Durant's postgame press conferences this year is what a, a, a total savant this dude is when it comes to the game. And the way he's able to recite a box score right after the game, it's like listening to a coach breakdown film immediately after the game. What he comes to the postgame press conference with is amazing and, and just a testament to the to the dedication he has to the sport itself and the love of the game. Yeah, Rooks, it's like I was saying earlier, it, he showed up at the playoffs this year and it was like, you know, as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted. It, right back to the player he was <laughs> right before that, that Achilles went on him. It's pretty incredible stuff. Always good to talk to you, Ryan. Thanks so much. All right, you got it, guys. Keep up the great work. All right, Ryan Rucco on the Goodyear Hotline. You can hear him, of course, on the NBA Playoff games, NBA play-by-play. Also, by the way, on the Yes Network, knows the Nets very, very well. And, and has a great, great podcast, podcast with CC, with yeah, CC, CC Sabathia. Sabathia yeah. yeah, R2C2. You definitely want to check that out because Sabathia doesn't hold back. No, he does not. <laughs> he lets it No, fly. he does not. All right, so we're 100 days. Have you heard? 100 days. Honey. From the NFL season. How do I say it, part? A hundred. A hundred. A hundred. Did I do that right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Keep practicing. Sounds like a dad. A <laughs> hundred days from the NFL season. So what's more likely to happen? Aaron Rodgers traded or skips training camp? We'll get to that after Jay has this from Indeed. Keep it a hundred. Or Goodyear. <laughs> or Goodyear. Gotcha. Or whatever. I got you. Goodyear knows that when the season starts heating up, so do the possibilities. Playoff hopefuls are beginning to emerge, and contenders are solidifying their position. From here on out, Bart, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. Football is a team sport, but right now this is a one-on-one battle, and Aaron Rodgers is winning it. Who is actually the biggest loser here? It's Jordan Love. Aaron definitely knows how we feel about him. Hopefully he can get him back in the building at some point. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's l e c t r i c ebikes.com. Save Marlamov as getting a piece of that was Carlson Kuhlman. Here, Suzekas on a breakaway. Casey skates it alone on Tukarez. Shoots. He scores! Casey Suzekas, a breakaway overtime game winning goal. The Islanders win it 4 to 3. They even up the series at one game apiece. Steal home ice from the Bruins and are headed back to Long Island all even. Even. Oh, the, the voice of Chris yet. King on the Islanders radio network. Why? Because the Islanders beat the Bruins in overtime, 4-3. Casey Sezikas with the goal, his first of the postseason with the game winner. You even the series up at one, and the series now moves to Long Island for games three and four. Game three on Thursday, game four. I might be in the building, Bart. Oh. What's our channel? We didn't get the invite. What's our channel? I got got some tickets, just saying. Nassau. Meanwhile, to baseball, Jacob DeGrom pitched six (laughs) shutout innings. He lowered his ERA to 0.71. 0.71. I know you say zero, but it's oh my god, 0.71. DeGrom, just dominant. Gave up two hits, struck out eight. The Mets beat the Diamondbacks 6-2. So the seven, the 0.71 ERA is the lowest qualified mark through the end of May since 1964. I think that's pretty good. He also hit like 100 on the gun several times in this game. The Jazz, they have a 3-1 lead over the Grizzlies in their first-round series in the Western Conference behind Donovan Mitchell's 30 points. 120-113 was the final, and Utah gets a chance to finish off this series Wednesday night at home. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Time for some Straight Talk. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contracts. No compromise.
Can't believe y'all canceled my list. Can't believe it. Okay. Can you tell? Can you tell them? To, can you tell them to print it out? My one and five. This is how we do it. Six eight couldn't hoop or nothing. What? Come on, man! You don't be that damn tall. You a waste of tall. Yeah, waste of tall, man. Like, come on, man. That a true story. I hate to see people that's tall for no reason. Like, bro, th- um, nothing? You couldn't volleyball I mean, nothing? Volleyball. <laughs> volleyball. Come on, man. <laughs> you can at least block something. Jeez. Chris Brown can hoop. Chris Brown? Chris Brown can go. Like Prince? Can he ball like Prince? Uh, Chris Brown is better it, than is, Prince. It, is it, oh, <laughs> hold on. Hold, whoa, 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 whoa. Better yeah, than Prince. Yeah, CB nice. Chris Brown is nice. Better than Prince. Yes, Chris Brown can hoop. But can he hoop in a silk right. shirt and some platforms? No. In a blouse. Oh, okay. Not like, if you can hoop in a blouse, no. like there's something special. <laughs> Maybe you guys want to come back to my house for some pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> what is Chris Brown giving? <laughs> toaster strudels. They give a toaster strudels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever it is. Can Rob Domofsky hoop? That's the question we have. He has, he's our ESPN Packers reporter. Joins us right now on the Goodyear hotline because, you know, guys, I don't know if you've heard, 100 days. A hundred? The start of the a NFL hundred? season, which oh. means in 100 days we'll know who's under center for the Packers Ooh. week one. Good morning, Rob. So can you answer that question? A hundred days from now, who's under center for the Packers? Oh, I'm going to say I can tell you who's not going to be, and I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. As for who is, Blake I don't know Bortles. if it's Jordan go. Love, Blake, Blake Bortles, or somebody else. God help you guys. Rob, you can I just, do- I, how, how, does every, how will everybody deal with that transition <laughs> period, Rob? Yeah. I cringe. Just hearing you say that, like we went from like, oh, Aaron Rodgers to Blake Bortles. Like, how, tell me about that. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm not sure the sentiment right now is all that pro Rodgers in the sense that um, Rodgers doesn't want to be here. And people, I don't care what team you root for, but it's it's especially this way in Green Bay because it's such a small town. If you If you don't want to be here, people don't want you here. Like that, that is, it's a very provincial place. Um, it, I grew up in Chicago. It took me a long time for people to stop looking at me as an outsider. And, and if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be here, he all of a sudden goes from one of them to one of the others, you know, like you don't want to be here. I, I put it to you this way. I drove by a, a yard sign the other day and there's an expression like Packers fans always say, go pack. Well, this sign in the yard said, Aaron, go pack. Wow. Meaning, go, go, go pack your yeah, stuff. Yeah, I get the reference. Yeah, pride to get you every time, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a fall off from, Blake, from Aaron Rodgers to, to Blake Bortles and Jordan Love. Um, but what's the expectations? Like, what can be the expectations? And what, what is a package that they would maybe want to return if they have well, to do? Th- that's the thing. They're not trading them. Like, they insist that they're not trading so, oh, so like they, unless they want to play hardball, then they want to say, hey, I'm yeah, take unless that career. changes, yeah, unless that changes, he's going to have to sit out. Which, like, I, here's the thing: I don't know. I, I don't see him coming back here. I think Favre said it best in one of his interviews. He's like, knowing Aaron the way I know him, I just don't see him coming back and saying, uh, "Yeah, you're right. Uh, let's just forget it and 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 move on and play again." I, I don't see him doing that. So what I don't know is whether they'll change their stance on the trade where they say they're not trading them or whether they'll just force them to sit out and say, oh, oh by the way, you know, there's about 30 million bucks in your signing bonus money that you technically didn't, didn't earn. So you owe us that back. Like, I don't know if that's 
the way it's going to go. Um, but it, I just don't know how he walks this back. Um, and, and that's why I agree with, with Brett in the sense that I don't think, you know, I think Aaron's too stubborn to, to walk it back. So Rob Demofsky, our ESPN Packers reporter, joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Sorry about that, Bart. But, but I want to ask you, Rob, is, is you, you, you're saying that he doesn't want to be back and you're talking about how if you don't want to be here, all those things like that. It, is is yeah. it as simple as he's just done playing in Green Bay because he's just done playing in Green Bay? Like, I don't like it here. I don't want to be here. Because everything that he said and uh, uh, the only time he did speak right. – uh, it was, you know, oh, I lo- everybody there's great, naming everybody except, for, of course, for Brian Gutekunds, right? Like, yeah. like it just yeah, seemed so like I'm happy there. So, all right, well, th- if that's the issue, then why wouldn't it be as simple as if we remove the issue, he'll come back? Yeah. Because that organization would never do it, and I'm not sure any organization would ever just fire a general manager who's put together a roster that's gone 26-6 and six the last two years and has been in the NFC championship game two years in a row. And and the other thing, I think it sets a really bad precedent for players, you know, being able to dictate it. Now, look, there's, there's, there's different rules for different players. And Aaron Rodgers probably feels like he's earned that. Right. And, and you know what, if you drive into green Bay and see that massive stadium and see all the development around it, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre probably both figure like, hey, without us, they don't build this. They don't, re- they don't renovate the stadium. They don't build this big title town district around it. So I understand why they feel like they're owed something a little bit more. That, that, make, that does make total sense to me. But I just don't think that the way the organization operates, they would ever choose a player over the general manager who has built the team to what it is now, right or wrong, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, I, that's just the fact of the way they operate. Okay, Rob, I'm team positivity, team optimism okay. here, okay? Uh, what improvements have we seen from Jordan Love during the last week of OTAs? Oh, boy, pull out your microscope. Yeah, you know what, here's the thing. Like, it, it was a low bar to, to, to start with, okay? He, he, was, he was not very good last year in training camp, not very good in the limited amount of practice time that we saw. But I will say there's been significant improvement. Um, I mean, you guys know you've been on, on practice fields. You, when the quarterbacks do those rollouts, throw it into the net thing, you know, the little buckets. Uh, he, he had a hard time hitting those at a regular basis last year. Uh, last week at OTAs, he was hitting it at like 95% clip. Um, the ball was coming out with more zip. He was, he was a check down Charlie in training camp last year, uh, and, and I saw him actually – throw the ball down the field a few times now granted it's it's three-quarter speed in OTAs it's not you know it is not even full practice speed let alone game speed Uh, but the ball looked like it was coming out of his hands with more zip Um, so so I think there's definitely been some improvements there but um, as you guys know the plan was never to start him in 2021 it was going to be a slow development process and maybe in 2022 he would be ready to start now could they accelerate that um, from what I saw in the first week of OTAs, and we'll see one more, we'll see another practice tomorrow. I do think there's been improvement. Is it enough to say, hey, we got a really good team around him, so he only has to do so much? Mm, I'm not ready to go there yet. Well, you know Rob, how, you know how bad you have to be. Yeah, well, the idea that he's talking about it just like hitting the net, that's it. This this feels so much like Christian Hackenberg. I can't even begin to tell you. But with mandatory <laughs> minicamps starting up in a week. Like Rogers doesn't show up, obviously that's when he starts losing right. money. Correct? Like, like correct. Like, there's yeah, no scenario like, you I see him showing up just to get paid, do you? 
No, I think it's ninety five thousand for the. He would be fine for the three days, and he's look. He's already missed out on a five hundred thousand dollar workout bonus. So what's another ninety five G? Right. Uh, that's one night in the hotel he's in in uh, Hawaii right now. Anyway, so what's the difference? <laughs> Rob, great stuff as always. I'm sure uh, when there's fifty days to go until week one, we'll be asking you the same question. Or ninety nine, or ninety eight, or ninety eight. Yes, it's time. It I, ho- I hope I'm on vacation with fifty to go because I need to refresh before training camp. <laughs> great stuff as always, though. Appreciate Thanks, you. Rob. All right, we'll be seeing you. All right, Rob Domowski, ESPN Packers reporter on the Goodyear Hotline. Coming up next, yes, it's time. Call the roulette, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And also, bonus feature, Bart's worst road trips in the NFL. We couldn't have a day with Bart without a Bart list. I love it. That is coming up after Jay has this from Indeed. Bart, good news. Great news. Your business doubled. What? The even better news is Indeed can help you hire the right people without wait times of the typical recruiting process. That's because Indeed has a great hiring platform where you can make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates over video right from your easy-to-use employer dashboard. Bart and I both know about that. It's just another reason Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Find your next great hire at Indeed.com slash credit. It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so we got Caller Roulette coming in a moment. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But Bart Scott's here with us today. And, man, we've got to get a Bart Scott list. So this is, as we're talking about fans and they're acting and all that stuff. Okay. Like, like road – you're the, the worst road trips for you yes. and your career. Yes. Okay. Do we have a sounder? Do we have anything – to get me started. Number five. Let's do it. Number five will be the old veteran stadium. Ew. If anybody remember Hard Knocks, one of the very first ones was when the Ravens were going there and they had massive gaps as big as your foot where you can go in there, you come in, and you have no Achilles on your way out. You know, the vet was a horrible <laughs> place to play. Aside with the people out there that's throwing stuff, that's saying all kind of crazy stuff, but a bonus Best cheerleaders in the game. Okay. <laughs> and number four. I love you. Number four. <laughs> number four. 
It was one of these things like clockwork. Every single year we show up to Cincinnati. I don't know if they had the Ravens scheduled, if it was just scheduling conflicts. The Grand Wizard and the KKK would be outside of our (laughs) hotel. Can't make this up. Hey, can't make this up. Wait a minute. Every time we went to to Cincinnati, they had some some KKK march every time we went there. And we really had to let them know, listen, (laughs) we ain't about that life. We ain't from here. We ain't afraid of you. We will kick your ass and your hoodie. They came came ready to play? They didn't know we was going to be there. We didn't know they was going to be there. But it was going to be a misunderstanding. This is awkward. They understand one of these northern boys was going to be ready for that smoke. called it a scheduling conflict. Yeah. scheduling conflict. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, number three. Grand Wizard going to be out there like Gargamel because you can take your little trickeration and ricochet. Number three. All right, number three. All right, number three would be the only place that I got booed. I got mooned by a grandma that had a butt <laughs> like a California raisin, all wrinkled up and strewn up. And she mooned me on the way right by the 7 Eleven. <sighs> Everybody that's from Where? Pittsburgh understands oh. what that 7 Eleven is right wait, before wait. you make the right to the stadium. Shh. And I knew like clockwork. I hate this song. I hear it in my sleep. Because every time they play Renegades and Sticks came on, I knew our quarterback was about to have a bowel movement. And I would say, just punt the damn ball. Pittsburgh was one of the most intimidating places to play for our offense, not for our defense. But I tell you what, I love playing there, and it was a great place to play. I miss you, Pittsburgh. I don't miss that grandmother. If I see her in the streets, I'm going to kick that grandmother in her. Give me a little slap. All right, all right. (laughs) Number two. Number two, listen, I don't understand why this place felt like they needed an advantage, but they always, like clockwork, 3 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, I knew that the fire alarms were going to be pulled (laughs) at our hotel. And in New England, it's a tradition. I don't know what the hell these people got going on in New Providence. They're bored to death. Your team is great. They don't need an advantage. They got us coming outside at 3 o'clock in the morning. It, to coming out for a fire alarm. So New England was a horrible place to play, and the idiots across the, the street that was on top of the roof with the with the bullhorns was out there talking to you all single night. It's crazy, every man. Every game, it's really? Cra- every game. Every game. Like, get a life, dude. They don't even like, come on, man. Like, get a life. Like, stop it. So number, New England was crazy. Number one. Number one. Number one. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a – had to stay in a hotel – that had been flooded like maybe a thousand times, and people just got tired. I'm sure it was black mold underneath, and they just hit it with the Febreze. You can smell like <laughs> it smells like Febreze on top. But I tell you what, this place was so nasty and smelled so bad that I did not want to put any of my bare essentials on anything that was in that damn locker room, man. I tell you what, it smelled like a Motel 6 that had been flooded Clean and flooded again, and people just gave up on it. They just sprayed the top of it, didn't even take the matting off, and all the black mold was underneath on the installation. I tell you what, the Coliseum was crazy. And listen, as a kicker, not only did you have to worry about getting MRSA, but now you got to go out here, and if it's before, if it's September and October, you out there, you losing skin because they got a damn baseball diamond out there, and you're falling, losing, out getting all these strawberries. And then now you got to go in there and figure out, do I want to go inside of here and take a damn shower with all this experience? Exposed flesh, the Coliseum, the worst place to play. 
I can smell it now. I can smell it now. I don't want to smell that. I can smell it now. I don't want to smell that. No, no. But that list, see, and everybody, this is why we make Bart do lists. And at 5.30 this morning, Bart, we're going to do a top five list. I don't have a list. I don't have a list in me. I don't have one in me. I don't know. I don't think I'll be able to deliver. I'm going to give you a five. He always gets to ten. Wait, my always. Boy, my boy said, Bart, which one, which one has the best cheerleaders? My friend. Yeah. Text. Yo, it was. It, listen, see? Philadelphia yeah. was real. It was strong. They had a strong squad. Strong squad. Strong, strong squad. squad. Very strong squad. <laughs> All right. Like, oh, like, you're like, yo, is this preseason? You know, this game will come, right? Call the roulette, which is brought to you by Not Napa. Me, whether married. it's next Not day me. delivery or getting involved Not in the me. local communities, Napa goes above and beyond to serve you Not because me, their no. motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. Spin it. Bart is a treasure. He's a friend. Line five. <laughs> yeah, I was just seeing um, if the fan stuff keeps happening, if the players would ever consider boycotting. Thanks. Uh, well, so I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think the players would boycott. I, I think you might have uh, some aggression first. Some malice in the palace. Like I, I, I'm not advocating that, but. You're, you might catch a player at the wrong time. You know what I'd want to see? And that's the scary part. Fans get aggressive. If somebody's say, doing something stupid, yeah. like uh, pointing him out is one thing. How about just, you know, collaring somebody up? I, hey, you're I, making I, us I, all I, look bad. I would tell you what I did. In, in, I told you, I tell you the Detroit Lions story all the time, right? People yeah. didn't know I was from Detroit. Yeah. So, like, I had people to saying inappropriate stuff to me. And I had one of my high school teammates named Manpower. And I told his name was Manpower. Man, name Manpower, yeah. right? And he was like, and the, and the the fans talking stuff to me at the same time. Manpower was like, "Hey, what's he up, Bart? We pounds. love you." I was like, "Oh, I say, what's up, Manpower? Hey, you see that guy right there?" He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Go kick his ass." The old boy sat down and shut up. People gonna start planting them goons. Me. Gonna start planting them goons up in the stands. You know what I'm saying? Night night for anybody Spin that got it. some smoke. Yeah, players aren't boycotting. They're not no. Line two, real quick. Yes, Robert from Virginia. Hey, Robert. And uh, Robert. what a difference a weekend makes. You know, in Los Angeles, I watched the the Clippers, and I'll tell you what, right now they're a lot better than the Lakers. I think they have a much better chance to well, make the final. they're healthier. Robert, right? Thanks, Robert. I mean, they're healthier, which I is the it. most important part. Might Maybe load management to, works. Yeah, might have a higher chance to talk about the Clippers in but, the world championship than we are with well, the Lakers. Well, Lou, oh, fin- Lou finally showed his worth by making the damn adjustments by putting Batoon in there. Now you got a more athletic guy that's coming off on that pick and roll. Okay, How about weird is this? Games yeah, bar? Of course no, he is. Man, How well, weird I told is this you series, I 10 turnovers and 10 fouls a game. You know, you know what also hurt, helps? That Luca got injured. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Talk about dead, All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So I mean, that part did help, like right? Help. Hey, Luke how do you get back like in the box. series? Oh, Maybe the guy that's killing you gets injured. Luca's built like a juice box.